Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is episode 331. This week, we are getting into part two of our two-part interview where we talk about the future of traffic. And this is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies on acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic. But one of the big movements right now is not just the traffic itself, it's everything that's after the traffic. Once you buy that traffic at the traffic store, then you typically will have people click and go to your website. Or maybe you are using some of the in-app stuff for Facebook and I don't even know if Google has it at this point, but Instagram as well, Instagram shopping, Facebook shops. But for most of you, you actually do care about the after the click stuff. So we get into that as well, which is a big part of the future of traffic. It's not necessarily the traffic part, but it's the conversion part. Speaking of traffic and conversion, as we've mentioned on a few previous shows here, we love that summit so much. And if you didn't go, I get it. And a lot of people didn't go. A lot of people were listening online. But now is your chance to get the recordings of that show for three Full days of recordings. Even if you were there, you wouldn't be able to watch all of them because I think there's like seven stages or something ridiculous. So you will get all of the recordings for that three-day incredible events, the best event on the planet for digital marketing. And Kasim is buying them for you. For five lucky Perpetual Traffic listeners, uh, they're 300 bucks a pop. Definitely worth it to get it, but you can get it for free in exchange for an honest review on iTunes for Perpetual Traffic. All you need to do is screenshot that very honest and hopefully positive review on my Twitter at Ralph HB. That's R-A-L-P-H-H-B, an extra H is in there. So just do that and you will qualify to win five free recordings for Traffic and Conversion Summit. Obviously, the better reviews uh, definitely put you in a better position to win. If you don't win, definitely get the recordings. Put yourself on the mailing list. If you're not on the digital marketer mailing list, you should be anyway listening to this show for crying out loud. Why aren't you? And uh, they're emailing the link to get on the early bird list, but you will get it for free when you Give us an honest review, uh, hopefully positive review for perpetual traffic. Screenshot that and then send it over to me on my Twitter at Ralph HB and uh, hope you win. So we're going to get back into part two of this week's episode in just a second after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert 
Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. What yeah. you will hear right now from Qasem Aslam is not necessarily endorsed <laughs> by Major League Baseball or by pe perpetual traffic. Go ahead. <laughs> not perpetual traffic approved. So we've done this for ourselves. We haven't done it at scale at all, but we fixed the, the iOS blind spot to some degree, and here's how we did it. And I'm going to do my best to try to explain it in the least technical terms possible, but it is a, it is a technical fix. When somebody clicks on a Facebook ad, Facebook, Facebook through the URL delivers something called the Facebook click ID, which is the unique identifier used to identify that click on that ad at that time by that. The Facebook click ID is how Facebook knows what took place, when, where, etc. Now, when they click on the ad and go to the site, the funnel, the page, whatever, that's where Facebook's visibility stops because of the iOS update. So Apple basically said, we're going to stop giving this information. So now Facebook can't see they're blind. And in order to fix it, Facebook rolled out something called the Facebook Conversion API, where when somebody converts, so they bought, they scheduled, they fill out your form, whatever, now you have all their information. In addition to their information, you have the Facebook Click ID. And you can use the Facebook Conversion API to port that information back into Facebook and say, hey, Ralph clicked on my ad, went to my site, took this action. And so you append that, that action basically to the conversion event that's appropriate inside of Facebook, and you only get eight, and, and now you've, you've brought in Facebook's visibility. Here's the problem. It, if you're only doing it on a completed conversion, you, you, Facebook still can't see the entirety of the funnel. They can see the tippity top, the ad they saw, and they can see the very bottom, the thing that they did. But from the top to the bottom is this entire middle area, which is maybe the most important area. It's why Facebook has had difficulty optimizing campaigns up until this point. So here's what we did. We used Hotjar, and you don't have to use Hotjar, by the way. You can custom code this, JavaScript, whatever, if you're smarter than I am. I'm an idiot. I needed Hotjar. We used Hotjar, which is a screen recording software, to identify predictive indicators of intent. These are things like time on site, number of pages viewed. Maybe they went to my pricing page. They watch X amount of a video, et cetera. Hotjar does a really good job at giving you ideas as to who an engaged user is. The other thing Hotjar does is it captures the entirety of the URL. So here's where it gets ninja. 
and, and forgive me if, if I lose people here for just a second. We use Zapier, which is triggered by whatever event we define. So the predictive indicator of intent. So the person hasn't converted yet, but it's like, hey, they, they were on, they, they viewed three pages and they went to my plans and pricing page. I think this is an engaged user. So using Zapier, we pull the Facebook click ID and push it back into Facebook and append it to a conversion action that we create specifically for that predictive indicator of intent, which would be different for every campaign. And maybe you have multiple. And what that did is it gave Facebook the ability to begin optimizing our campaigns. We're basically lying to Facebook. We're giving it a false positive, but we're giving it a false positive that is only 50% false, right? Because the, the person is obviously engaged to, to a degree that's adequate for our purposes. Here's where the rubber met the road. We had a $90 cost per lead pre-fix. We have a $30 cost per lead now. So we were able to increase the efficacy to a point to where we are more or less where we were pre-iOS. Now, will this work at scale? I have no idea. And I'm not going to test it. Because <laughs> well, we don't do enough conversion event? Was it, it was a lead, correct? You mean the ultimate cost per lead? No, the, the 90, your $90 CPA, what conversion event was that? It's a lead. Yeah, it's somebody it's giving us their contact information, and, and now they want an action plan for Google Ads. Okay, so that lead was showing up in the CRM of, in this case, a customer or you or regardless of that, whether it showed up in Facebook, it was showing up in your CRM. That's just showing up in our CRM, correct. Okay, so you were running Facebook ads for this, that you had Google ads, you had multi-platform, like what was the... What this was particular uh, campaign is going after an ultra-targeted segment of, of people, businesses, in a specific niche that we're trying to... And I'm not going to say the niche because I don't want to tip my hat to my competitors, but we feel there's a pretty significant area of opportunity. Call it Blue Ocean. And so it's, it's, it's targeted enough from the outset to be quality, which is helpful, obviously, because we know, we know what, our, what our avatar is. Mm -hmm. All things being equal, if you looked at a seven-day look back pre-guru hacky click thingy here. And I am going to check with Facebook on this, by the way, whether or not it is <laughs> compliant. Was all things being equal, same amount of traffic, no scaling, same spend. Were you seeing the same amount of leads coming into your CRM after you did this with Hotjar and before you did this with Hotjar? No, it's still a little less. pre iOS update, the campaign was performing better. Mm -hmm. iOS update killed it. Okay. Host so it was the optimization engine that was really hurting this individual campaign. Correct. And But okay. when we rolled out the hot jar fix, it didn't bring it back to pre-iOS numbers, but it got a lot closer. Okay. And As I mean, remember, we're spending less than three grand a month on this. So it's a, okay. it's a micro campaign, teeny tiny. Still, it's data. Right. My point is, is like, how much were you actually seeing prior to this change and through this implementation with Hotjar and Zapier? Uh, or, and it, that's probably it's significant, but it's not, it's not game changing. Like, let's say you got 100 leads before it, and all of a sudden you got 120 leads after, but you could still see both. Now, maybe 30 were showing up before in Facebook ads manager mm -hmm. and now only, and now maybe 90 are in the other uh, 
post Hotjar Zapier. I'm trying to like name this thing something. There's the Hotjar Zap thingy. Um, but you were seeing hot similar hot zap. There you go. That's good. But you were seeing similar leads inside your CRM, but slightly more after you implemented this solution. But the big thing is that you saw them appearing in ads manager. And that's obviously feeding more information, more data to the algorithm to allow it to do its job better. Correct. Gotcha. Correct. Now, the, the criticism I've received, and this actually came from a YouTube commenter, I have a, a video tutorial on my YouTube channel of this strategy. Somebody came out and said, there's no way that this is ATT compliant. I don't know if that's true or not. But if it's not, it means that if you attempt to do that at, at scale, I would anticipate Facebook probably trying to curtail it. My response to that, though, is it is technically first party data. Your, your, the URL, your UTM parameters, the Facebook click ID, the activity that somebody is taking on your website, all of that is first party data. We are allowed to use first party data in its entirety as long as you are properly disclosing that in your privacy policy and, and, and data policies. Mm -hmm. That first party data should be accessible to you from a utilization standpoint. Now, whether or not Facebook allows its Facebook conversion API to take advantage of it the way that I want it to is another story. Also, and, and just to put guardrails on the recommendations I'm making to people, there's really no definitive proof that the improvement in the campaign was from this fix. It could have been a lot of things. It could have been a change in the cyclical market that I'm not aware of. It could have been a big competitor sure. dropping out and just stopping spending. So there are other factors at play. There's no perfect split test here, mm -hmm. but it is really compelling. From an academic standpoint, it's something I'm proud of. And I think is you know worth, if, if you've got, I know I told everybody that everything's dead and don't try to bring it back. But if you have a previously performing Facebook campaign and you want to see whether or not this helps to buttress what it is that you have from from a data perspective and assist facebook with the optimization it's it's worth an attempt mm. the interesting part of this is the conversions were not they were still appearing in the crm the real thing is that it's the visibility inside ads manager was greatly enhanced which then potentially can enhance the optimization of the algorithm Correct. and the, the ad spend in which you're doing it right okay yeah, it's the Makes full conversion that you're offering Facebook that gives it a sense as to what somebody might do in the future. Mm -hmm. But the leads were still showing up in the CRM, but they were turning off the campaign as a result of this because they're like, well, we're, are, were they, it doesn't seem like there was any degradation in leads showing up in the CRM. Well, no, post iOS, and the benefit I have here is it's, it's in a silo. There's no other traffic channel that we were using for this particular funnel. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was Facebook in its entirety. So I can tell you from direct conversion to a conversion lift standpoint, if a lead landed for this particular prospect, it came from this Facebook campaign. Okay. Pre-iOS, it was functioning pretty well. I think we're like a $20 CPL, which isn't great for a top of the funnel lead inside of Facebook. There are people that get like three to five, but we have an ultra specific niche. So $20 CPL, post iOS, it jumps up to 90. Mm -hmm. I add my little hot zap fix and it drops down to 30. Mm. So pretty significant improvement metrics uh, across the board. How many conversions on average per day were you getting pre hot zap and post hot zap? Oh gosh, that's a really good question. I don't, I mean, I could, I could probably intuit. We were spending a hundred bucks a day basically. And so I think we're getting like three to five, three to seven, from one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're well under that 50 conversions per ad set per week, which is still something that we do rely upon for full optimization 
even with CBO, ABO, we're getting a little bit weedy here for some of the people that we started very high level. Now we're getting very, very tactical. So, so the show is kind of a combination of the two. So, but anyway, here is a strategy point with going back to our original premise here is that you can't do the same things that you've always done and you do need to innovate. And here we are as a, as an ad agency, like we're looking at stuff very differently, but is this a potential solution? I don't know as of yet. I mean, we have to make sure that it's compliant with Facebook and everything else, but I know the team has been working on it and testing it. The question is, is what the results are. Cause it's relatively a new finding. I think this came out and you discovered it in August, I believe not too long ago. After yeah, the last, uh, the last war room. Yeah. Last war room. So it's still relatively new, but the point is, it's like, even as somebody who knows that innovation is good and it means that you have to set aside your biases, the immediate bias was like, ah, nah, that can't possibly work. Ah, zaps are too expensive. Well, maybe not. If you're doing this at scale, I don't know how many conversions we get per day, probably 10,000 conversions a day is my guess, you know? So that's scale for sure. So is something like this a potential solution? I don't know whether it is or it isn't. The point is, is that you innovate and you think of things and you're open to ideas today more so than you ever have been in order to really survive in the traffic world as it currently exists. And mm. that is a very big takeaway, I think, for everyone here. Like Google's, I don't know if Google has the, well, I guess Google sort of does have the equivalent of this. It's like another Offline thing. conversion is, tracking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But Google doesn't give you as many conversion actions to optimize against. Facebook is allowing you eight conversion actions instead of a campaign. Google kind of allows you two, one that you can consider to be a transitional conversion, one that you'd consider to be you know, the primary conversion. You can have more conversion actions than that, but not tethered to a single campaign. So it, it doesn't let you... Google does this automatically behind the scenes algorithmically, I think, but it doesn't let you fake the funk to the same degree. Right. Yeah. I think this is an example of potentially an individual tactic or a hack, even though they're sort of, we're, we're, this is know, the same guru bullshit that we told people not we to are contradicting to ourselves yeah. here. So let's get back to aside from that individual hack. And like I said, everything that we do here, we're transparent. Like if we're finding something that works, we're going to tell you the perpetual traffic listener, because that's just how we roll people because we actually do do this stuff every single day. So that's a good indication, even though neither one of us are gurus, we just have to be subject matter experts and, and understand this. But going back even further, like back to even Dice's talk, it's like going back to the basics, the principles, the most important things about marketing. And one of the things I think that was definitely go back and listen in on, on episode 324, when I, we interview our VP of strategy and innovation. He's basically a creative guy who innovated a new way of thinking about how we can mass produce research as well as avatar creation to talk really deeply to our avatar, which has nothing to do with some hot zap whiz bang tactic. It has to do with exactly what Dice talked about, which is Go back and read Eugene Schwartz, the best advertising book for me on the planet, which is Breakthrough Advertising. Head on over to BreakthroughAdvertising.com. Get it from a good friend of mine, but no affiliate link, by the way. It's just the best place to find it. But it was 1952, I think it was written. And all that stuff is so true today. I still quote it today. And it doesn't come back to any tactic. It's about 
really speaking to the known desires or pain points, like really understanding and feeling who that avatar is in your cold traffic and your front end ad. Like if you cannot crack cold traffic, you're screwed right now. If you're writing bland, flavorless with static images that don't speak to the known and desires or pain points of your desired market, or at least are interesting and captivating in one way, shape or form, or you're not utilizing video to tell the story and you're not doing all these sort of deep and profound things. We should do an entire uh, episode just on breakthrough advertising unto itself, but be that as it may, like that is one of those things you can go back to. It's like, oh, I already know how to write copy. It's like, that's bullshit. Like I read mm. breakthrough advertising every year. <laughs> it's not like I haven't been doing this for a while. It's like, just set your ego aside and your biases aside that you either know it all or you have to go back to things that are really, really different. One of the best books, we talked about this on a YouTube live we did. Another great one. This guy is an absolute like operator. He does this stuff. It was hundred million dollar offers by Alex Hermosi. Mm. Like, it's such a great book because first off he does this stuff. He's the guy who launched gym launch. We should get him on the podcast at one point in time. Maybe if we like kiss up to him enough on this show, he'll find out and he'll just find he'll us. Just, he'll just find us. But no, it's a great book because what he does is he goes back to like the basic principles of if your offer stinks, like everything else stinks. And that really means that you have to create great offers and how do you do it tactically? And we can go through this in another episode, but Another great book, and we'll leave all the resources in the show notes for you folks, 100% between those two books right there, like you could just go and go to town and you're immediately, you would get a lift in your conversions to your cold traffic, whether you're lead gen, whether you're trying to sell something online, whether you're a service, getting high end leads, like the one that we just talked about here, like those are just game changers. And it's going back to the basics and a lot of the stuff that Dice talked about opening up TNC. Yeah. Yeah, there's a masterclass in there. And, and it's it's a less is more thing too. You don't have to listen to every freaking guru. Listen to the ones that have landed at the top. They're there for a reason. There's I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this, Ralph, but there's a, a study done on the longevity of information that says if something has been around for a longer period of time, it's twice as likely to be around for that same period of time looking forward. So like Marcus Aurelius's book is is exponentially more valuable than something that was written forty eight hours ago because it's it's been vetted and it's more likely to basically double in tenure. You know what I'm talking about? Does that mm. sound familiar to you at all? Yeah, I don't know what the principle is, but it's right there. I mean, I, I think like the Eugene Schwartz book. I mean, he borrowed from all the great advertising people before him, but I mean, they still like those principles have withstood the test of time. Even though changed. he uses he uses you know old school analogies for the stuff that we do today, but it, it's like it's still which kind of makes it quaint and interesting. And you're like, oh, when you're man. advertising cigarettes to twelve year olds. This is what <laughs> he does with a cigarette. The example in there, yeah. I forget the the weight loss. It's oh man, it's such a funny term. It's like lightening or something like that. Like lessening, shortening. It's like the and then you finally feel like, what is he talking about? And then you're like, oh, this is the weight loss niche. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a whole there's a whole industry built around just taking stuff like that and updating it Dude, yeah. i can't count how many people like put out a, a course or a book or whatever and i'm like you ripped this right out of dan kennedy <laughs> dan kennedy is like the most played you know what I mean? he's a super so, sharp guy and i mean he ripped off a lot of stuff too but yeah if you want to be a guru just go read an old book and update it nobody's ever going to know because nobody goes and, and revisits the old books yeah yeah <laughs>
Hey, it's Kasim here, and I have a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your website? Now, I know that sounds crazy, but seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully target your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. That means you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and then safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. I've personally met the CEO, Adam Robinson, and the guy is absolutely brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for PT listeners. If you are an e-commerce brand that's doing over a million in annual revenue and you've gone through their easy 30-minute onboarding process, if you don't 5X your investment within the first six months, they will give you all of your money back. To take advantage of this offer, go to getemails.com forward slash scalable. That's getemails.com forward slash scalable. Hey, PT listeners, when's the last time your business published on its blog? If the answer is that's way too long for me to remember, I want you to listen up because our friends at BKA Content have a news service where they'll deliver fresh blogs to your inbox and all you have to do is just post them on your site. Now, these articles are all originally written just for your business. They're not generic articles that are just copy and pasted or thrown into some AI software or written by a VA. No, these are professional writers who are going to sit down and write articles just for your business. We've used them in the past, and they're absolutely fabulous. Now, if you want an extra reason to go try them yourself, BK is giving PT listeners half off their first month. Just go to bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual to get started. That's bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. What else? What else did you pull from uh, TNC, sort of the post-TNC eval here? Did you hear anything else on stage from... Any of the folks that were in your room that that would help the listeners here navigate the the future here and the future of, of traffic? A couple of things. So I've got some notes here in front of me. The first one we've already touched on, I'll, I'll breeze over it. But, but I don't want me breezing to be an indication that it's not important. It is. I just don't want to dwell on it. It's the importance of first-party data. And that came from the, the we had a, a meeting on main stage on the big takeaways from the elite program. And first-party data is so critical. And if you're not capturing first-party data, you're at a massive disadvantage. And, and I'll leave that topic alone because it's not sexy and it's, it's not fun. But get a CRM, capture first-party data. It's not hard. It's just the one that I really do want to dwell on a little bit is, is ROI, not ROAS. And, and because we're a paid ad agency and my clients want to know what their ROAS is or what their cost per acquisition is, and we'll report on those. We'll continue to. I can't tell a client, you need to look at your overarching ROI. But what I can do is tell our listeners and anybody who's in business, that's the only metric that you can really rely on long-term to prove the efficacy of your advertising because we are all now flying blind. And that's only going to get worse. So you're going to have to look at things like conversion lift and, and what kind of impact advertising is having on your, your profitability outside of what you can directly attribute. And if you're not willing to look at ROI, you're actually putting yourself at a, at a, at a big disadvantage when compared to a competitor that is willing to look at that. Because what, they what do you mean by that? In, ROAS sorry. versus ROI. Just deconstruct that for... Let's yeah. Start. So ROAS, and, I, and I'm using ROAS incorrectly here, by the way, it's just the easiest, it's the easiest comparable acronym. But basically ROAS being return on ad spend, if you put in $1,000 you know, a day into campaign A, 
how much money is campaign A producing in this period of time? The reason that's a flawed model, it's actually a multivariant problem. First is campaign A might be the client acquisition campaign, but it's not the campaign that closes the client. So now campaign A is bringing the visibility to your products, not necessarily having the, the, the correct conversion attribution. And so you turn campaign A off thinking, oh, campaign A makes me no money, only to find out 6, 9, 12, 18 months later, oh, that's what was getting people here in the first place. And even though it's campaign D that's closing them, campaign D is no longer being fed. So ROAS, uh, obsession over ROAS is already dangerous, but, but now broaden your view there a little bit. Because you want ROAS on your Google uh, campaigns, on your Facebook campaigns, on your Snapchat, your TikTok, your organic, your email, your traditional, whatever. The, the problem with that is, is, is your people are seeing you across all of these different channels. Statistics takes 31 impressions before somebody's ready to convert. They've, they've seen you every, so to speak. And, and, and for you to say, well, what's my exact ROAS on? It, it's, it's the old television, radio, newspaper marketing mantra. You can't say this commercial at this time got me this return because you didn't know you were flying blind. So you have to say, all right, I spent a hundred grand this month on, on ads and what was my profitability? What's my overall ROI return on investment is that it's a dangerous thing for me to say because it takes the responsibility off of my shoulders. It makes me, it's an abdication of responsibility from an, from an agency perspective. So I realize it's in my best interest to say those words because now I get to say like, oh, well, we don't know how this campaign's performing. Just check your ROI. So I'm not telling people not to try to drill into it. You should, but you should also be receptive to the idea that there's profitability coming from pockets of traffic that you can't necessarily directly attribute and pay attention to. And the best way to test this, by the way, is turn it off, turn it off. And then look at the, look at the appropriate timeline based off of how long your sales cycle is. And you'll notice, wow, when I turned that off for whatever reason, my, my, my sales dipped 90 days later, there must have been something there. Now, not everybody has the luxury of being able to do that, but that's why you want to start focusing on ROI and not obsessing over ROAS to such a degree. Funny story, maybe not so funny. It's actually kind of sad, but it's a story directly related to what you're talking about. So we run Google ads, we run search, we run branded search, non-branded search campaigns. We do some YouTube, but primarily we go after that market, but we also do do a fair amount of Facebook. So what we really do is top of funnel stuff on Facebook because we can't really expect people to just kind of come in and hire us sight unseen. Like they need to know that we're actually good and we do what we say and, and no like, and trust and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, this podcast is one way to do it, I suppose, but then we do it through Facebook video ads through what we refer to as level zero traffic. And it's a really great way of, you know, accumulating lots of audiences on platform, by the way, which you can then obviously retarget. And we have a retargeting campaign on Facebook. But what we, for some reason, I'm not exactly sure why, it might have been the CEO founder's decision, which was horribly wrong and flawed. We'll say misguided. Yeah, misguided, is that that person decided to shut off our Facebook ads on September 1st. Mm. And while our Google ads were still going, we were getting leads in from Google and we were, we were doing a pretty good job of that, like sort of within our KPI, all of a sudden everything just dried up. And we we're like, why are we getting now like 10x more for our leads on Google than we were getting on August 31st? Like, why is this like, what the hell? Like all things being equal, like what changed? And we, we all sort of came to the conclusion that, oh my God, we shut off our Facebook ads. Mm. So here we are 
like doing stupid stuff like that. We realized it, thankfully, within a very short period of time and then got things back. But what we were thinking is that, oh, well, if we're running level zero traffic, which is sort of branded, more branded ads, and then we're retargeting them or then we're targeting sort of the branded keywords like tier 11, that kind of thing. These people weren't going there. They were actually going to the non-branded search, which is Facebook ad agency, that kind of thing, because they were seeing us. They might not remember the name, but they were going to Google that and like, oh, well, I sort of see their name. I think I saw that. Maybe they saw a video of me doing some kind of educational thing and then maybe a retargeting video, which is maybe a little bit shorter, like a stupid guitar video that I might do. But like we realized like, oh my God, we're guilty of it too. And this is, we were not running hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of ads, but it's exactly what you're talking about. I'm like, we're not getting anything from Facebook. Let's shut that off. And Google's going great. Let's just go over there. And all of a sudden it all fell apart. And we have since resuscitated it and everything is relatively back to normal. We're still looking at it. We're saying, all right, that was that the event. Never assume that it's, that's the thing. Could be other things as well. I said, we really need to investigate here and figure out whether or not it was the Facebook ads. But the point is, is it's a case study in what not to do, but directly in proportion to exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It, it, so, I mean, I'd say good on y'all for figuring it out because what I've seen is I've seen clients turn off their acquisition campaigns. Let's say you're spending 10 grand a month on an acquisition campaign, which brings clients in the door, but doesn't close them. And you don't realize that they're being closed elsewhere. When you shut that campaign off, your profitability goes up. But let's say that it feeds you for 90 days or whatever. Well, for the next 90 days, because you already have a pipeline of clients, you think you made the right decision. You're like, right. bam, we like, did it. We optimized. Great. Yeah, I'm spending 10 grand less. We I'm still making the same out. profitability. And then 90 days later, you have to remember, oh yeah, we shut the thing off at the time. And 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 then now you have to know that it, it, it was 90 days on a pipeline perspective. And that's how long it takes people to convert. And for people that don't know their numbers, which is a lot, mm-hmm. they might never realize what actually killed their campaign was their over-optimization. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Because you get, you get greedy at times or you just yeah. think for us, it's, it's not necessarily a 90 day window. It was almost immediate. It was crazy how it just like, boom, it's gone. Yeah. So when I'm being hyperbolic with 90 days, it might be seven days. It might be 18 months. If you're big B2B, whatever. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But if it's 90 days and you haven't figured it out because you've got that longer cycle, Right. It's harder to rectify because you don't remember what you did 90 days ago. Harder to bring it back. Well, so yeah. that's one of the other things that I've written down here is longer timelines. Longer timelines. you're running traffic, especially paid traffic, I, and, and I'm guilty of this. We tell everybody on every sales call, it takes 90 days to prove concept. We'll probably still say that for smaller campaigns, but you need to be willing to invest for a longer period of time to really see not just what's going to work on the micro, but what's going to work on the macro. What's your overarching conversion lift? How many more brand you know, uh, impressions are you getting? What's, your, what's the impact to your organic search? Those types of things. It's no longer the turn it off, turn it on. There's the, the, the faucet of traffic is no longer a good strategy. Turn it on. That was on, the best analogy I could come off. up with. I like yeah. that. The faucet. The traffic faucet. The traffic faucet. Word. Once again, you, you, you did it. You crystallized the whole episode right there. <laughs> That's the future of traffic is the faucet. Do not turn off the faucet. Keep the faucet on. It's really is, is, is it. I mean, I think you need, this is not easy to do if you are bootstrapped and you are living hand to mouth and you can barely pay your bills. 
Like it, like, I'm not going to kid you. This is a hard thing to do. And this is the reason why I still do think, even though Facebook got a little bit preachy on this kind of crap to start, it's like, you're hurting small businesses. Well, they actually are. And it's, it's larger agencies with larger spend and stuff like bigger businesses. We're seeing less of an impact here overall. Plus, surprise, surprise, they all read Alex Hermosi's $100 million offers book. They've got a good offer. Right. Like it still works no matter what. You've got a solid business. But if you're just skating by on razor thin, you know, easy for me to say, razor thin, ROAS margins, it's a lot of R's alliterating. It, it, it's going to be harder for you to make this work. And I do think when we've talked about this probably a fair amount on the show is that a lot of these changes have hurt small businesses and it's hard to make this work. It's, it's easy for us to say, look at your marketing holistically. I have all your channels. Like people want to attribute stuff like, oh, do I turn, do I turn up my Google ads and I turn down my Facebook ads? And what do I do? Do I throw in Snapchat? And then do I do this over here? Do I optimize for SEO? Well, it's all working together to acquire customers through like a larger sort of customer acquisition path. And as soon as you can sort of understand that and look at it holistically, smaller businesses are going to have a harder time doing that, especially those that are bootstrapped that might not be able to get even a level of data here because of all these changes. So I'm not like, I'm not saying like what we figured out here is the easy button by any stretch, maybe the hot zap Cosm Google's guru strategy. And we're just like adding words to this, the hot zap Cosm guru strategy maybe is the solution. I don't know. The point is, is like you do have to look at things in a broader way and it comes back to good marketing principles. And um, we'll continue to talk about this on future episodes for sure. But I think places like Traffic and Conversion Summit are a very smart place to go so that you don't just continue to wallow and complain. You're actually out there looking for solutions. And that's, mm. that's, the, big, that's the big takeaway. Yeah, you're allowed to cry for a day. That's my rule. Like when something catastrophic, the old Panda update that killed SEO, like I'm like, all right, I get to crawl under my desk and I get to sit there with a, a bottle of Jack or I'm really a wine cooler kind of guy just to Jack to make myself sound cool. But like you get to- well, You to, did have an old to, fashioned I hear last couple of I had, yeah, yeah. My buddy bought me an old fashioned and I had about 50% of it before I was trying to make out with strangers. You're, you're allowed to, you're allowed to like wallow that. for a day. And then after that, it's just like, how do we, how do we move forward and how do we fix this? Yep. And by the way, y'all, this is all fixable. I actually think, and this will be in a whole new episode. I think this is good news. We're going to unseat and usurp a lot of the, the people that have held ownership over specific industries. We're going to go organic. We're going to go value provision. I, I think small businesses have a really unique opportunity now to own a space that previously they didn't they couldn't have owned. And big businesses don't have the ability to invest in the level of niching down that would be necessary to provide that level of, of quality content. So there's a, there's a big, big, big opportunity here. There's a lot of light at the end of this, or gold, golden pot at the end of the rainbow, light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but you can't use the old tools. You have to shed yourself of, of some of the old paradigms. And that, that was the point of this conversation. Hopefully we got that across. Amen, brother. Well, all the resources, and we mentioned quite a few here, will be in the show notes over at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This has been episode 330, and we're talking the future of traffic here. So go out there and put your future goggles on and listen to this show a couple of times and go back to a few episodes that we've done, especially recently. This is the place to find what is working really now for people who are doing it. And I don't want to like toot our own horn here, but like 
listen to people who actually do know this stuff and are, are actually doing it and do not buy that course for the guy who runs a million dollars a year in Facebook ads. We see it all the time. I mean, come on. It's ridiculous. Don't buy that crap. Like listen and go buy. And we don't have anything to sell. I don't, I don't sell any info products. So it's like, I have no you know, skin in the game here. All I want is people to get a lot of value out of this show. And hopefully you have today. So uh, Qasem Aslam, thanks for bringing it, brother. And I look forward to seeing you the next time when you're not virtual. Perhaps you could do another one of those things. A little powwow. Over a couple Arizona. of wine coolers. <laughs> Over a couple <laughs> of wine coolers. I can't wait. So head on over, like I said, over to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Until next week, everybody. See ya. Write us reviews. Oh. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.